Good afternoon. It is uh, high noon, or thereabouts, at least by my clock. And uh, as this stay-at-home, shelter-in-place thing is continuing, uh, some of the local circuit pastors, uh, the sister LCMS congregations, have decided to do online devotions. We have one in the morning. I'm going to be doing one here at the noontime, and I think we're even going to have one in the evening to, once again, help break up the day a little bit, help keep us in God's Word, to join together in prayer, to join together in fellowship. You can view these videos on our Facebook page. We're also going to post them on the Circuit uh, Facebook page. We just started a new page for the Circuit, so we can put all of those resources, both worship services and devotions, so that everybody can kind of benefit from them that way. So uh, we... We want to keep you guys in the Word. We know this is a hard and stressful time, and uh, although we very much would like to be together in person around God's Word, for right now, this will have to do, and we pray that it will be a blessing for you. Uh, what we're going to be doing here is the noontime prayer service. Uh, I'm just going to grab a couple resources. If you, by any chance, happen to have a Lutheran service book, your own uh, hymnal. You can grab that. Otherwise, I'm going to link another resource. Uh, CPH has made this available. It's a little PDF, um, and so you can print this off at home. And it has these little short daily prayer services. Uh, there's the morning daily prayer service, and then we will be doing the noontime daily prayer service. Otherwise, if you have your hymnal, it is found on page 296. We have the service outline there, and then added to it, we are going to be doing the readings for the day. Um, Pastor Eric Brown in the morning is going to be reading with you the gospel reading, the New Testament reading, I will be doing the Psalm and Old Testament reading. So I will start things off here. This is the noontime prayer service. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me every morning and noon and evening. I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right. The psalm for today is Psalm 3, and I will read it and then have a few comments. O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek, you break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord, your blessing be on your people. As you hear that psalm, 
it's always nice to kind of think about the Psalms and to read them in context, just like you read any other part of the Bible. Now, we don't normally think of the Psalms that way. We kind of think of them as individual hymns or individual prayers. But if you think about our own hymnal, uh, those of you that have them at home or have ever used them, you know, even our hymns have an order to them. They have a pattern. And so uh, you can find in one section hymns of praise, hymns of trust, hymns about Lent and Advent and Christmas and so forth. So the same is kind of true of the Psalms. Although it's not always easy to figure out, the Psalms do seem to have an order, a pattern to them. For instance, in the early part of the book of Psalms, they begin with a lot of psalms of lament, people complaining to God. But when you get to the very end of the book of Psalms, what you find is praise, praise after praise after praise. And so one person has, uh, I don't even remember the person's name because it's been remarked upon by so many people, but one person noted that the book of Psalms sees us in our sinful condition. And when we start off in the sinful condition, what do we have? We have a lot of complaints. We have a lot of things that we cry out to God about, but Ultimately, as you continue through the book of Psalms, you find that they finally end in praise. And this is true of the journey of our faith as well. We may start out with a lot of complaints to God, but ultimately, uh, because of our faith, because of our trust in Him, because we've seen how God has acted in this world, we finally will end in praise. And that is true, not just in this life, but especially in that new heavens and new earth, when all sin is wiped away, when all sickness and disease is gone, we will know our God. We will know that we are safe and we are forever His. Now, this psalm is from the very beginning, Psalm number 3. If you look in your Bibles at Psalm 2, Psalm 2 is a pretty famous one. It talks about how the nations rage against God, against his anointed, and uh, that's not good. That's not good for the nations to rage against God. And so in that psalm, you find out what happens to them, that God on his throne simply laughs because those nations have no power against him, and he can very easily overthrow him, overthrow them. But what you see happens in the story of Jesus is that it seems like the nations win. Jesus suffers and dies on that cross, and it seems like God's enemies are victorious until you get to the third day, until you get to Easter, and then you see without a doubt that God is victorious. Now, this psalm is written way before Jesus' resurrection. But nevertheless, David knows and trusts that God's salvation overcomes. And so he cries out in this psalm about all of his enemies, but he looks to God's holy hill. He looks to Zion. He looks to where God is, and he knows that God will give his answer there. And our God has given his answer there in Jerusalem, there from the cross, there from the empty tomb. Our God has assured us our evil foes don't win. Sin doesn't win. Sickness doesn't win. We 
may go to bed and we have our worries, but we can lay down and sleep in that trust and confidence because God sustains us. As David says, I will not be afraid of many thousands of people. Well, maybe right now you're not afraid of people so much, but you might be afraid of sickness. You might be afraid of economic turmoil. You might be afraid of spending one more day at home with your kids without going crazy. You may be worried about not being able to go back to your job and do the things that you like to do. Those right now are enemies. They are set against us. But those foes will not have the final answer. God's salvation is victorious. And so in the end, David speaks of his trust. He says, salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Salvation does belong to the Lord. It doesn't belong to you and to me. It doesn't belong to our government. It doesn't belong to the nations. It belongs to God. And God gives that gift to us freely through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the word of our Lord. The Old Testament reading, that was just the psalm. Sorry, this is going to be way too long. I'll try to maybe tighten things down a little bit next time. Uh, Our Old Testament reading is from Genesis 42, and this is an ongoing reading that we're jumping into the middle of, but it is a reading about Joseph and his brothers. Uh, By now in the story, Joseph has been uh, sent to Egypt. He's gone through prison and all of those things, and he has interpreted the, the, the dream of Pharaoh, and so he's in a great position of power. The famine has come, though. The feast, that's been here. The famine has come. And now Joseph's family, who was uh, living in Canaan, they have come to Egypt because they know that Egypt has all of these storehouses full of food. And they're hungry. They need more toilet paper. They need more supplies. They've come to Egypt to beg. And uh, where can they get that food from? Well, Joseph. Joseph is the one who's set in charge of all of this. And so unbeknownst to them, they've come now to their brother, Joseph. Genesis 42. When Jacob learned that there was grain for sale in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you look at one another? And he said, behold, I have heard that there is grain for sale in Egypt. Go down and buy grain for us there that we may live and not die. So ten of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with his brothers, for he feared that harm might happen to him. Thus the sons of Israel came to buy among the others who came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Now Joseph was governor over the land. He was one who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed themselves before him with their faces to the ground. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he treated them like strangers and spoke roughly to them. Where do you come from, he said. They said, from the land of Canaan, to buy food. And Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. And Joseph remembered the dreams that he had dreamed of them. And he said to them, you are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. They said to him, No, my lord, your servants have come to buy food. We are all sons of one man. We are honest men. Your servants have never been spies. 
He said to him, No, it is the nakedness of the land that you have come to see. And they said, We, your servants, are twelve brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is this day with our father, and one is no more. But Joseph said to them, It is as I said to you, you are spies. By this you shall be tested, by the life of Pharaoh. You shall not go from this place unless your younger brother comes here. Send one of you, and let him bring your brother while you remain confined, that your words may be tested whether there is truth in you, or else, by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. And he put them all in custody for three days. On the third day, Joseph said to them, Do this, and you will live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers remain confined where you are in custody, and let the rest go and carry grain for the famine of your households. And bring your youngest brother to me, so your words will be verified, and you shall not die. And they did so. Then they said to one another, In truth, we are guilty concerning our brother, in that we saw the distress of his soul when he begged us, and we did not listen. This is why this distress has come upon us. And Reuben answered them, Did I not tell you not to sin against the boy? But you didn't listen. So now there comes a reckoning for his blood. They did not know that Joseph understood them, for there was an interpreter between them. Then he turned away from them and wept. And he returned to them and spoke to them, and he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. And Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain and to replace every man's money in his sack and to give them provisions for the journey. This was done for them. Then they loaded their donkeys with their grain and departed, and as one of them opened his sack to give his donkey fodder at the lodging place, he saw his money in the mouth of his sack. He said to his brothers, My money has been put back. Here it is in the mouth of my sack. At this their hearts failed them, and they turned trembling to one another. What is this that God has done to us? When they came to Jacob, their father, in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them, saying, The man, the Lord of the land, spoke roughly to us and took us to be spies of the land. But we said to him, We are honest men. We have never been spies. We are twelve brothers, sons of our father. One is no more, and the youngest is this day with our father in the land of Canaan. Then the man, the Lord of the land, said to us, By this I shall know that you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers with me and take grain for the famine of your households, and go your way. Bring your youngest brother to me, then shall I know that you are not spies, but honest men, and I will deliver your brother to you, and you shall trade in the land. Verse 38. But he said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is the only one left. If harm should come to him on the journey that you are to make, you would bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to Sheol. So that's the reading from the account of Joseph in Genesis. And there's a lot going on there. Uh, but just to kind of think generally of the plight of the land, there's a lot that really fits our own situation, right? Uh, a time of feast, a time of famine, a time of scarcity when people are going without and everybody's panicking. But what saves the people? Well, God saves the people. But God uses means. God uses Pharaoh. 
He sends him a dream of what is to come. But Pharaoh doesn't understand it. He can't interpret that dream. He doesn't know the message. And so God sends Joseph. Joseph is there to interpret that dream for Pharaoh so that everybody will know what that message from God is, so that they can make proper planning. In our world right now, uh, God is using his people. God is using all of his people. God uses the government. God uses medical workers. God uses scientists. He uses all sorts of people to help us, to help the world. Right now, our governing officials are still trying to figure things out. The medical community still doesn't have all of the answers, but they are doing their best to to try to provide for the safety and protection of all of us. And that's important for us to realize that God is providing help and means of comfort for us to sustain us. Just like the people in that land without God's provision, they would have all starved. But God provided. There was an orderly way for everybody to continue to get fed, to have what they need. And right now, I guess you could say the same thing is happening. When left to our own devices, you've seen what happens. People panic. People run out and grab more than they ever could possibly need. And there is even more problems because of a new scarcity. And so government, community leaders, businesses have to step in and say, okay, we let you try to do this on your own. And that didn't work very well. So now we are going to help. We're going to help to make sure everybody gets what they need, to make sure that people are fed, to make sure people have the things that they really need. Not enough to fill their pantries, but what they need. And so God continues to provide for us in this way. There's a lot more there in the Joseph story, but I'll pass on those for right now, let you consider some of them as we continue in our order of service. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Lord, we pray this day. We pray this day for our world, for our nation, for our community. Lord, we pray for our leaders, for the government, for the medical community, for all of those great minds that are out there trying to put together plans, plans that will help keep everybody safe, plans that will help us continue to get the resources we need, that will help to continue to make sure it's possible for those that need medical access to still have it. We pray, Lord, that we would understand these people as gifts from your hand, that you, Lord, would give them wisdom, that they not do this on their own, by their own means, but that you would give them wisdom, that you would uh, give to them the information that they need, the people that they need in order to make the best possible decisions, Lord, and that they would make those decisions, not for themselves, but for all of those whom they govern. We pray for parents, Lord, as they try to rule and govern their own household, We ask that you would give them patience, 
that you would give them compassion and mercy and grace in full abundance as they try to govern their households, as they try to keep things in order, to try to keep uh, the calm and peace of their household, to make sure that things are still happening that need to happen, to make sure that uh, there are no major problems that everybody's provided for. Help us as the church Uh, in this distant way even, to be able to reach out into those homes, to be able to bring your word, to be able to bring peace and comfort and hope, to be able to fix all of our attention and focus on the salvation that you give, to know, Lord, that you are with us in all of us, uh, in all of this. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to uh, bring swift answers, We ask, Lord, that you would bring healing for our land, that the testing would happen that needs to happen, that uh, we would be able to come up with a solution to this, whether it's in the form of medicine or vaccine or what have you. Lord, we know some of the forecasts predict that this is a long time away, but you, Lord, make the miraculous happen. And we ask, Lord, for relief from this in our land. But Lord, even if that doesn't happen quickly or doesn't happen on our timetable, we pray that you would use this as you use all things for your good, for the good of your people, to bring them to repentance, to bring them to faith, to bring them to trust, to bring them to persevere, to persevere in your promises, Lord, for we know that they are always true. Blessed Jesus, At this hour, you hung upon the cross, stretching out your loving arms to embrace the world in your death. Grant that all the people of the earth may look to you and see their salvation. For your mercy's sake, we pray. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. This concludes the noontime prayer service. I hope that it's been a blessing to you. Uh, If you... uh, have any more comments or things that you want to say. If there are any needs that you have or know that other people have, you can reach out to me. We have people who have said that they are willing to provide help as long as they know who those people that need help, whether that's bringing groceries or supplies or some other thing. So just let us know. We are here in this together as the body of Christ.